In regards to Pasha's Lech Lecha, it's known the vort of the Friedrich Rebbe in the name of his father, the Rebbe Rashab, the Rebbe Nishma Seidin, and this is what he says. Pasha's Bereshit is Afrei Lecha Seder, it's a happy Pasha. Hashem creates the world, Hashem creates all of the creatures. Although the end of the Pasha is not so Geshmak, nevertheless the general Seder is Afrei Lecha, it's a happy Pasha. On the other hand, Pasha's Noyach is the Mabul. It's what he calls a Kalamutnevach, I guess maybe more of a gloomy type of week. But at the end of the week, that's a happy part, Avram Avinu is born. And then he goes on and says, the Emes of the real, true, joyous, happy week, is Pashas Lech Lecha, that every single day of the week, we're living with Avram Avinu. Now, from the fact that the Rebbe says, in other words, that the Friedrich Rebbe says, in the name of the Rebbe Rashab, that is specifically Pashas Lech Lecha, which is the Emes of is the real, happy, joyous week, this tells us that even though the end of the Parsha Noyach, where it's already speaking about the birth of Avram, nevertheless, it's not the real Simcha in the same way as it's in Parsha's Lech Lecha. Because, since all of the Inyanim that are found in one Sedra, in one Parsha, are all connected with each other, so therefore, because in the general Parsha, there's a certain element of things that are not so happy, Therefore, there is a simcha lacking also, even in the end of the parsha, which is technically already a happy part. And so too it's true regarding parsha's barashas, that even though generally it's a freilich it's a happy parsha, nevertheless, because there's a certain element at the end of the parsha that's not so gishmak, therefore, it also does not have the proper simcha, the proper freilich in the rest of the parsha. Says the Rebbe, if that's the case, we need to understand. Since Parsha's Bereshis is generally a happy Parsha, besides the very end, since Parsha's Noyach is generally more of a gloomy type of week, so seemingly the division of the Sedras, the division of the Parshas, should have been in a way that the unpleasant ending of Parsha's Bereshis should be put into Parsha's Noyach, together with the rest of Parsha's Noyach, the happy end of Parshas Noyach, which is the birth of Avraham Avinu, should be put together with Parshas Lech Lecha, the beginning of Parshas Lech Lecha, and yet we see it's divided in a different way, where we have the birth of Avraham Avinu, the end of Parshas Noyach. Says the Rebbe, the general explanation is it's known that Avraham Avinu, which that's what Lech Lecha is all about, as we just said, that every single day of the week we're living with Avraham Avinu. With Avram Avinu starts the period that the Gemara refers to as Shnei Alafim Torah, the two millennia of Torah. He's the first one, of the Avos of course, to start the Hachana preparing the world for Matan Torah. Now since Matan Torah accomplished, achieved, the Chibur, the connection between al and V'tachtoyinim, the upper realms and the lower ones, it makes sense to say that the advantage of Parshas Lech Lecha, that the whole Parsha is all about Avram Avinu, this advantage over the previous two sedras is also in within this context that it's somehow the beginning of the preparation of Chibur El Yoyinim that preparation for Matan Torah starting to join and bring the upper realms and the lower realms together. Says the Rebbe, this will also explain to us why it is that Parshas Lech Lecha is the third sedra. It's similar to what the Gemara says that generally Torah is called Orientally saw a Torah of three. This refers to the fact that there is three parts to the Torah, Torah Nevi'im and Ksuvim. But Chassidus explains that it's all very, very much related to what's called Kav Hashlishi. The third pillar, the mi- middle pillar, the mi- middle column, the middle mode that, that joins the Elyonu V'tachtoinim, that which is between the upper realms and the lower realms, combining and, and joining the two. 
In other words, Parshas Beresh is the first Sedra. Its idea is all about Briah, the way the world is created, how Hashem is creating it. In other words, that's more of an Elyonim um, attitude. It's all about Hashem creating the world. It's the way the world is coming from above. Parshas Noyach, the second Sedra. This is about how the lower world, the Mata, the lowliness of the world is is being refined, is being elevated. This is through Noyach, who is a tzaddik, specifically through the Mabel that refines and cleanses the world. That's more of a Tachtoinim perspective and attitude. Parshas Lech Lecha, the third Sedra, is about Chibur El Yoinim, the Tachtoinim, joining the two, bringing the El Yoinim and the Tachtoinim, the upper and the lower together. It says the Rebbe now will also understand why Parshas Noyach starts with Eilat Toldas Noyach, Noyach Ish Tzadik. Because what we're speaking about, even though we said there is something of Parshas Bereshis about Noyach, and yet here we're starting to speak about Noyach, because over here we're speaking about Noyach as Noyach is already involved in Avoidah. As Rashi tells us, when we say Toldos Noyach, what are we referring to? The Toldos of the Tzadikim. What are the birth, the children, so to speak? The outcome of the Tzadikim is their good deeds. So Parshas Noyach is already speaking about Noyach's Avoidah. As opposed to what's discussed in the end of Bereshis, which is the birth of Noyach, and even the fact that the Noyach Motzachem Beini Hashem, that he finds favor in the eyes of Hashem, but these are mainly things not so much coming from his Avoidah, but it's more what we call the Sarusad Leila. Hashem creates Noyach, Noyach is born, and then there's something about Noyach that Hashem, Hashem, he finds favor in the eyes of Hashem, but it's not so much about his Avoidah. And therefore they still belong in Parshas Bereshis, which is a Parsha speaking about the things coming from above. So too, says the Rebbe, when we say that Avram Avinu is born at the end of Parshas Noyach, so the few things that we're speaking about Noy Avraham Avinu, which say in Parshas Lech Lecha and not in the end, and, and don't say in Parshas Lech Lecha, rather in the end of Noyach, is because, as we just explained, that Parshas Noyach is more about the Tachtoinim, so Avraham Avinu's avoid of preparing for Matan Torah, which is going to be connecting Elyonim with Tachtoinim, are really going to start with Lech Lecha. When Avram Avinu is already going out from Choron and coming into Eretz Yisrael, as opposed to the birth of Avram Avinu and the things that he was involved with up with up until the time of Lech Lecha, are mainly more like a continuation, a finishing off of refining, elevating, dealing with the Tachtoinim, which started with the avoid of Noyach Ish Tzadik. But again, this combination, the bringing together El Yoyinim V'Tachtoinim, the Achana for that, is mainly going to be in Parshas Lech Lecha. So in order to understand the connection between Parshas Lech Lecha and Matan Torah, that it's only after Lech Lecha that Avram, Seder Avoida, starts of preparing for Matan Torah, we first need to have a look at a medrash that connects Vayoymer Hashem El Avram Lech Lecha, the fact that Hashem is revealing Himself to Avram, giving Him Nevoah and so on. The medrash connects this with the fact because Avram was the one that asked mercy eventually in Chumash we find, but this is why he had Lech Lecha now, is because he's the one that begged and davened even for sinners like the Anches Doim, different to Noyach, that only asked Rachamim, that did not ask Rachamim, for the Doir Hamabu. And the Rebbe asks, seemingly, the way Avram Avinu asked for the Anches Doim was only that they should be saved in the schus of the Tzaddikim that might be there. As we find in the Zoyar, the Zoyar says that since Avram Avinu only asked that the people should be saved in the schus of tzaddikim. And once Avraham Avinu heard that there are no ten tzaddikim anymore, he stopped davening. Different to Moshe Rabbeinu, 
who stood up even for the people that had actually served the eagle, even for the, the Rishoyim themselves. So the Zoyar says that even Avraham Avinu, this wasn't yet being done in the most proper way. So the question then is, if Avraham Avinu is not even asking for the sinners, Avraham Avinu seemingly is not at this top level similar to Moshe Rabbeinu. So what is so great about this idea of being able to daven for the people of Sodom and the Schus of the Tzaddikim to the extent that we say that this is why we, that, why we have Lech Lecha, this is the beginning of the Hachana for Matan Torah, seemingly there's still something lacking over here. So the Rebbe is going to explain these two stages of what Avraham Avinu did and what Moshe Rabbeinu did. And the Rebbe explains, since the Chibur of El Yoyinu Metachtoinim practically only starts by Matan Torah itself, Avraham Avinu's avoid is more about the Hachana for Matan Torah. So therefore in his avoid of asking for the people of Sodom, for the Tachtoinim, so it wasn't so much asking for them in their own merit, in other words, asking for them as they are in for what they are themselves, but rather it's still noticeable that it's Mishchus HaTzadikim. As opposed to what we're going to see by Moshe Rabbeinu is. In other words, the Rebbe says like this, we have these three different ways of conduct. We have Noyach, Avram, and Moshe Rabbeinu. And they actually correspond with these three periods. One, which is going to be Noyach, as we'll see, which is before even preparing for Matan Torah. The second one is going to be Avram Avinu, which is already the preparation for Matan Torah. And finally, Matan Torah. And the Rebbe explains, in the period that's even before preparing for Matan Torah, where El Yoyinim and Tachtoinim don't really have any sort of connection between each other, so Noyach is not even davening for the Doyra Mabel. He doesn't do anything at all, as the Zoyar says. Because there's such a split between the El Yoyinim and the Tachtoinim. In the second period, where there starts already a preparation for this chibur, this connection between the Elyonim and Tachtoinim, so Avram Avinu is davening for the Sdoimim, but it's still Bishus Hatzadikim. And then finally, when we come to the third period of Matan Torah, where there's that real connection between Elyonim and Tachtoinim, Moshe Rabbeinu is standing up for and putting himself on the line for even the Oisei Egel, the people that did the Egel Mitzad Atzmam, in other words, for their own because of themselves, not only because of the tzaddikim. The Rebbe says, this difference between these three periods, and the connection between the behavior and conduct of these three, Noyach, Avram, and Moshe, as well as also understanding the difference between the period of Parshas Noyach, where at least the, the Mata, the lowly realm, started becoming purified and elevated. And Parshas Bereshis, where everything was still coming completely from above into the world, even though there was also a certain avoider by certain Sadikim down here, to understand all of these things, says the Rebbe, we're going to understand it clearer by giving a marshal of the way a, a Rav is giving over Seichel to his Talmud. Which here we can have three ways. The first way is that the Rav explains to the Talmud only that particular matter of intellect which he's giving over, However, he's not teaching him, he's not giving him the methods, the methodology of how he himself should be able to come and understand Seichel on his own. So that's the first way. The second way is the Rav is actually teaching the Talmud a derech, he's teaching him a path, he's teaching him a way, he's giving him the methodology that he should be able to learn and understand on his own. Now obviously each one of these have a certain advantage that the, others, that the other doesn't. When we speak about the abilities, the senses, the, the capabilities and faculties of the Talmud itself, obviously the second one is going to be greater because only in this way 
of learning and the, uh, the Rav teaching him and uh, giving him the methodology, is he going to be able to help him that he should finally be able to understand things on his own? However, if we speak about the actual intellect being given over, the first way is going to be greater, because that which the Talmud is going to be able to understand on his own, by the fact that the Rav told him how to work things out, is still going to be a very, very small level of intellect compared to that which the Rav could give him. The Rav is much greater. And finally, says the Rebbe, we have now a third way, which is going to include both advantages. And that is that the Hashpa, what the Rav is giving the Talmud is to such an extent where he causes, that he, and he helps the Talmud, that the very senses and faculties of the Talmud become as great as the Rav himself. To the extent that the Talmud should be able to, on his own, be machadish, come up with new novel ideas, and be able to understand great ideas of intellect, just as the Rav. Says the Rebbe, we can now say that the three periods that we discussed, the period of Parshas Bereshis, pre-Mabal, pre-Noyach, the period of Noyach and the period of Lech Lecha are similar to these three stages or these three ways. The avoid of the tzaddikim in those generations, the ten generations before between Adam and Noyach was mainly a hashpa coming down from above, not so much connected with the koyach, the faculties or the chidushim, the innovations of these tzaddikim themselves. The Rebbe gives an example of Chanoich. Chanoich we know was a tzaddik notwithstanding the fact that he lived in a very, very corrupt generation, which obviously shows that he had an avoider of not being spoiled, not being influenced by his generation. Nevertheless, Chazal tell us, Rashi brings that it was still very easy for him to go off and go on the wrong path. And if some more time would have passed, if he would have stayed with his generation a bit longer, he wouldn't have been able to overcome the Ra, and that's why, as Rashi tells us, Hashem actually uh, took him away from the world. Because since the fact that he was a tzaddik was mainly not so much by his own koichos, but rather what was shining into him from above, Hashem was giving him the ability, Hashem was shining down to him. So therefore, it wasn't so much of a, on his own, and therefore had he stayed a little bit longer in this corrupt world, and gone there and been in a place where the oil of Hashem was not shining to such an extent, so on his own, he wouldn't be able to keep up his level of righteousness as earlier. Says the Rebbe, this is similar to the Hashpa of the first way, as we described in the Rav and the Talmud, where even though the Talmud is understanding and he's working to understand the Seichel that the Rav is giving over to him, nevertheless, he doesn't come up with his own Seichel on his own. Then we move on to the next stage, the avoid of the tzaddikim and the ten generations from Noyach Tlavram. Here, the avoid was mainly not so much because of that which is coming from above, but rather with their own koyach, with their own chiddush, their own innovation, their, with their own ability. To the extent that their, avo- their avoidu, we could say, already has some sort of connection with the world outside of them. So first of all, the Rebbe says, we find regarding Noyach himself, that not only was he a tzaddik tamim, that he was a complete tzaddik, even in the kind of generation that he was. And we don't say about him, that he could have very easily gone off. But furthermore, he rebuked, he told off the dirt hamabul, he told them to do tshuva. And this is certainly true after the mabul, where Noyach, through the avoid of his karbonos, he brought about that Hashem is now promising that he's never again going to destroy the world. And Hashem makes that, that sign, the sign of the covenant of the Keshes, of the rainbow, 
which is all showing that now the world is starting to become elevated. Nevertheless, says the Rebbe, because of the fact that this Avoide is still very much to do only with the Tachtoinim, with a lowly world, which is really on its own completely removed and Be'ein Aroich Tuelikus to the Elyonim, so therefore the amount of Gili Elikus that was coming down then through Avoida was still very, very limited, only in accordance to what the Tachtoinim could manage and could achieve. In fact, we say that even Noyach himself was mektane emunahoya, that his emunah wasn't on the highest level. Because his main understanding in Elikus was primarily in those aspects that could be grasped and understood in the seichel of the nevroim of creatures. But those aspects of godliness, which you could only take with emunah completely higher than seichel, in other words, to go to el this Noyach didn't have much of that. And that's why we say he's mektane emunah. So this would be like that second example where the Rav is giving over in a way that the Talmud could come up with his own ideas, but it's going to be a much smaller level, a much smaller seichel, be'ein aroich, incomparable to the seichel of the Rav. Now we come to the third one. The avoid of Avram Avinu, we have both qualities. On the one hand, the beginning, the foundation of Avram Avinu's avoid was with seichel, with bringing Raya's proof from things around him, three things in the world, that's the way he's coming to his understanding of Eliku. So it's coming from the Tachtoinim, from the lower realms. But at the same time, what do we say about Avraham Avinu? He doesn't question the ways of Hashem. How does the Apostle say, Hashem finds Avraham Avinu completely faithful to Hashem, because he takes Elikus with complete sincerity, complete simplicity in a certain sense, like an avid Pasha, like a simple servant. The Rebbe says similarly also in the way he does is avoid them publicizing a likus in the world. That even, at, that here again we have both of these milers, both of these ideas coming together. On the one hand, he's publicizing in Yanum of a likus, which are completely higher than human logic. And at the same time, he's finding a way to explain even these kind of things to the very, very simple people that they too should be able to understand it. So this would be more like the hashpa in the third way where we combine both advantages, and now the Talmud himself, his senses, his faculties, became like the senses and the faculties of the Rav. The Rebbe moves on now to the next level. Even this third way of Ashpah, that the Chushayah Talmud, that we took that Talmud, we took his senses, and they became similar to the senses and the, the talents of the Rav. Says the Rebbe, this is still only a marshal for the preparation to Matan Torah, for the preparation of the Chibur of El Yoinim In other words, like what I was saying, Avram Avinu did, Avram Avinu achieved the Hachonah to Matan Torah. It's still not the kind of Chibur, that kind of combination that actually happens by Matan Torah. And the Rebbe explains, the fact that the Rav in the Moshal has the ability to affect the Chushayah Talmud, that the senses of the Talmud should become just like his own, like the Chushayah Rav. It's because even before the Rav actually went ahead and taught the Talmud, we're clearly speaking about a Talmud that has Seichel of his own. In fact, not only does he have Seichel, he's the kind of Talmud that's fitting to be able to receive this great Hashpah from his Rav. And therefore, the Seichel of the Talmud, even before the Rav taught him, it's not the real Tachtin, it's not Be'ein Aroich, to the Seichel of the Rav. Furthermore, says the Rebbe, since the Talmud himself, the senses of the Talmud, are going to become like the, sen- the, the, the Chushay Rav, the senses, the faculties, the talents of the Rav, because his faculties are now going to be elevated and refined, 
So what comes out is that in addition to the fact, as we said before, that this Talmud was never the real Tachtoin, but in addition to that, the Chibur, that connection between the Rav and the Talmud, is only with that aspect of the cycle of the Talmud that is being elevated through the Hashpah of the Rav. But not with that element of the seichel as it would have been on its own before the Rav got involved. In other words, it's not focusing on the lowliness of the seichel of the Talmud as it is by itself. What happens by Matan Torah? By Matan Torah, the Chibur El-Yonim V'Tachtoinim says that Rebbe is in two points. Number one, before Matan Torah, these Tachtoinim had absolutely no shaykhs, no connection to the El-Yonim at all. Not like the Talmud that had some sort of connection to the Rav. On the contrary, there was actually the, the Gzaira, that separation, that split. Gzaira doesn't only mean the creed, that I've been saying Gzaira is also from the word of a split. Between the two, between the upper and the lower. And the fact that they are connected now through Matan Torah is only with a Koyach of Hashem that's Koyal Yochel that could handle and deal even with opposites. It could combine the two opposite things. So again, number one, it's completely removed from the Elyon. And another point says that, but number two, the Chibur Elyon of the Tachtoinim of Matan Torah is even within that level of the Tachtoinim as they are by themselves within their lowliest level, not only as they now became completely higher. So now in total we have actually four levels, four ideas. Again, just briefly, before we continue, so we have four stages, the one that is even before what's in Pasha's Bereshis, we have the idea of Noyach. Sorry, the first one is even before Noyach, the way things are, we have the idea of Noyach, which is more already, the ta- Noyach is the Tachtoin, but it's still before the preparation of Matan Torah. We have Avraham Avinu, the preparation of Matan Torah, and then we have Moshe Rabbeinu. So now the Rebbe says, these four ideas we also have right now, even after Matan Torah, in our Avoida. And the Rebbe says, the first way, similar to the Avoida, that which is Milmaila, completely from above, like in the time between Adam and Noyach, and Pasha's Bereshis. So this is when a person is doing his Avoida, only coming from the Neshama, but he's not really involved with the Guf. Now even though, of course, to do Torah and Mitzvahs, you obviously have to do with Yagashmi is the Guf, but the person's main intention, his main effort, is not to impact, not to elevate, not to refine the guf. The guf is only like a means to be able to do his avoid of Torah, mitzvahs, of the neshama, so fine, he uses the guf. But it's not, the focus is not the guf at all. And certainly, he's not out to try to achieve anything and impact the world that's outside of him. So that's level number one. The second level, this is more like the avoid of coming mitzvah, in other words, focused on the tachtoin, the tkuf of the period from noyach to lavram, so here we're speaking about a person that is involved with the guf and even with the world outside of him to make it a dira for Hashem. But nevertheless, this person doesn't have that putting himself completely on the line to the extent of Mesiras Nefesh to really just achieve Hashem's kavana that the world itself should be a dira lo yizborech. Rather, he's only doing it as much as it's negayah to his own Mesiras. In other words, he has to do a job so therefore, he's doing it. Yes, he's getting involved in the world, but it's only as much as what's relevant to his own task. For example, says the Rebbe, he might actually go out there and try to be poil on another yid, to be makar of these other yid into Torah and mitzvahs. 
but his effort is only as much as connected to fulfilling his own command of you have to go off you have to go and tell off someone if he's not doing the right thing he was commanded to do this but what he's lacking is the real dedication to the ultimate purpose which is that the other person should be Niskarev. It's not about me that I should be Makarev people. Rather that, that, that the person himself should be actually Niskarev. The Rebbe says this is similar to Noyach with the generation of the Mabel. That even though, yes, he was telling them all for 120 years, every single day he was telling them, but it was mainly just to fulfill the Tzivui that he was commanded to tell the people of his generation. And in fact, what happens when this rebuke doesn't help and they don't do tshuva, he doesn't stand up with Mesidus Nefesh to daven for them. He did his job. Now we move to the third way. And this is going to be more similar to the Avoid of Avram, which is already a time of preparation to Matan Torah, where you're already starting to see a connection between the Elyon and the And that is that he's really trying with a complete devotion, and even Mesidus Nefesh, to really fulfill the Kavana to make the world itself a dear Eloh and certainly as a result of Avis Yisrael to really be Makar of the other Yid to Torah and Mitzvahs. But nevertheless, the way he is dealing with the other person, it's in a way where the whole Tachlis is only to lift up the other person and to be a Makar of to Torah and Mitzvahs. But it's not really focused on the other person as he is in his lowly state. And furthermore, says the Rebbe, even the Ishtadlus, to be Makar of the other person, to avoid this Hashem, it's only in a situation where he feels that the person can be brought closer to Hashem. The Rebbe goes back to the Moshal of the Rav and the Talmud. We spoke about the idea of the connection between the Rav and the Talmud in the third way, where we said that the Rav is connecting with the Talmud, but it's in a way that the Chushaya Talmud, the senses, the talents of the Talmud are being refined to become like the Rav. But that this is all happening only because we're speaking about a person that in essence had already some sort of connection to Seichel. The Rav is not dealing with someone that cannot be elevated or be brought up. And the Rebbe says this all corresponds to the Avoid of Avromovina, that even though, yes, he gave himself over with Mesidas Nefesh for the people of his generation to be poil, that they themselves should really be able to recognize that Kaloilam, that Hashem is, is, that the world is Elikus, to the extent that he's even putting himself in Sakona, as it says in Chesidus, to Davin, even for these people, Anche Sdoim. But what do we see in his tefillah? It's still only in a way that these people should be saved in the schus of the tzaddikim that are there. In other words, these tzaddikim are affecting some sort of refinement in the place where these Rishoyim are, and therefore the Rishoyim should be saved in the schus of the tzaddikim. And if he finds out that there are no ten tzaddikim, and therefore it's not really a place that's going to be doing tshuva, so he doesn't ask for it anymore. In other words, because there is still this Although, of course, there's already the connection between the Elyon and the Tachtoinim, but it's only if the Elyon can be felt in some way, the Tachtoin can be brought up to be an Elyon. Now we come to the next stage. The fourth way is that the Ahava to the other person is Kamoicha, an essential love exactly like you love yourself, which is completely higher than any calculations. And therefore, you give yourself over to the other person, even if mitzadah even if based on logic, there's absolutely no mileage, no qualities, no advantages in that other person. Because you're doing it, not only because of the cheshben, that maybe you'll be able to be makarivim, to avoid the Hashem, and to Torah. 
but really purely because of essential love to that person himself. And this would be similar to the idea of the Chibur El-Yoyinim and that happened by Matan Torah, that the Chibur, the connection with the Tachtoinim, is as they are on their own, in their lowliest state. Says the Rebbe, this is the Anhaga of Moshe Rabbeinu, through whom the Torah is given and the Torah is called by his name, that he puts himself out, he puts himself on the line, even for the Oisei Egel, even for the people that did the Egel. And it's in a way where he says, that if not, erase me from the Torah. And Moshe Rabbeinu does not move from there until finally Hashem says, I'm forgiving them exactly as you said. Says the Rebbe, based on all of this, we can now understand why Avram Avinu Zachana, when we speak about his preparation for Hebrew, starts after the concept of Lech Lecha. And that is, when a person's Yid's avoided to make the world into a dira loyizborich, if it's going to be mainly based on his own mitzias, as we said before, he is doing his job, he is doing his task, so then there's still going to be lacking something in how much he could actually affect, how much he could impact the world. This goes back to what we said before, you might be telling someone off to fulfill the mitzvah, and even if you do it a hundred times, as Chazal say, it's still not going to have so much of an impact as much as if the person really feels that you're not just doing your job, but you're doing it for my benefit. Says the Rebbe, in order to achieve in the world, even that the world, in other words, even in the way that Avraham Avinu was doing it before Matan Torah, especially when we're speaking about as if you're doing it as a Achonet Matan Torah, the way what you need to do is you need to go away. You need to go out of your own mitzvahs. And that's the pshat lech lecha. To go away from, simply means from your land and your birthplace and your father's house. But Chassidus also explains that it means it means go away from your own desires. Go away from your own midos and your own habits. Go away even from your own seichel. Even the ritzoyness and desires of Kedusha have to go out of your mitzvahs. That's when you can really bring the world closer. Says the Rebbe, now we can also understand what we said before, that even though, yes, Parshas Bereshus generally, and the end of Parshas Noach are freilicha, and yet we say, when's the real Simcha is only in Parshas Lechlecha? The Rebbe explains, because we know there's a concept called Simcha Poyeritz Geder. Simcha breaks all barriers. So now, in Parshas Bereshus, where the Simcha of the Sedra is, as said in the Sicha, because Hashem creates a world, Hashem creates the Nevroim, it's still not the full Simcha. Why? Because even though by creating the world may ayin liyesh from nothing to something is being brought out that the godly koyach has absolutely no limitations, not defined by ayin, not defined by yesh, it's breaking the barriers between ayin and yesh. Nevertheless, because in the world itself as it's in Parshas Bereshis is more felt that it's coming, that its existence is only because of Lamaila, because of what was given from above, not because of the world itself. So therefore, you don't really feel so much this idea of the breaking of all barriers between Ayin and Yesh. And therefore, it's not the ultimate Simcha yet. So too, in the end of Parshas Noyach, when Avraham Avinu is born, the first one that's going to make the Hachana to the Bittl of the Gzeda between the Alyonim and Tachtoinim, breaking of all the barriers. That since, at that time, there wasn't the Hachana practically yet, as we said, that's only going to start once there's Lech Lecha, so it also doesn't have the Simcha completely. It's only in Parshas Lech Lecha. Since over here we're actually practically doing the Hachana of Chibur El Yoyin V'tachtoinim. This is why the Rabbeim said about this Parsha that this is the Emes of Frey Lechavoch.